This is Ari Koretsky and welcome to Jews You Should Know, introducing the broader community to interesting and inspiring Jewish men and women making a difference in our world. Some are already famous, some not yet so, but each is a Jew you should know. We are back with another wonderful episode of Jews You Should Know. This week, of course, celebrating our 100th episode of the podcast. An incredible milestone. So, so grateful and thankful as I release this episode in the Thanksgiving season. A great debt of gratitude, sense of appreciation for all those who have helped make it happen. Most notably, you, the amazing listeners out there who have continued to listen, who have grown in size, and continue to spread the Jews You Should Know podcast message. And of course, also to the amazing guests, the 99 guests who have populated this podcast over the past couple of years. As I've alluded to in previous episodes leading up to this one, we wanted to do something special and a little bit different for episode 100. And so we're actually going to do quite a few different things stitched together in one. But before we do that, I first want to describe how this podcast came to be and how it almost didn't. You know, a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago already, four at least, I was walking the streets of New York, in Far Rockaway, New York, where my wife is from, where her family still lives. I think it was on Passover, if I recall correctly. And I was just tossing around in my head a couple ideas and thinking about how I bring all these wonderful guest speakers to campus where I work for Ma'or. And that's great. And I am able to expose 30, 40, 60 students at a time to these inspiring personalities. But what if I could actually broadcast these same individuals and people like them to a much broader audience? And I myself had started just getting into podcasts a little bit. And so the idea kind of clicked and I even came up with a name at that time, Jews You Should Know. I thought, okay, how hard can this be? I'm going to jump in and maybe try to do something. And I kind of talked about it for a while. I would mention it to different people. They would say, oh, great idea. You should do it. Didn't really jump on it. Well, one day I decided I'm going to start. And so I had a couple people in mind as prospective guests. And I emailed one of them, and this person is one of the most high-profile public figures in the Jewish world. And I went right for the top, found their email, and sent it off. A little while later, a couple of days perhaps, I got a response from their office saying, thank you for your inquiry. However, this person is not available and will not be available until at earliest 2019, and this was like three or four years ago, so maybe in 2015, 16, something like that. And instantly I was completely deflated. At that moment, I knew that this would not work and that the subjects that I would like to speak with just would not be willing to speak with me. And I kind of let go of the idea and that was it. Well, fast forward maybe a year or so, And an old colleague of mine, someone named Jacob Rupp, who is 
who formerly did some college outreach work, more recently has done other youth work, as well as being a life coach and a podcaster. He has his own podcast called Lift Your Legacy, and he called me up to join his podcast as a guest. So I did that, of course, and at the end of the conversation, after the recording was switched off, I told him, you know, it's so interesting you're interviewing me because I had this dream myself a couple years back of doing a podcast, and I shared what the idea was all about, and it fell flat. It didn't work. I tried emailing this guy, interviewing this this famous Jewish person, and he said no, and that was it. And Jacob, Rabbi Rupp, turned to me and he said, you know, you gave up really quickly. That was not a full effort that you could have made to, to make this happen. And being the life coach that he was and that he is, he issued a challenge to me and said, listen, I'm going to give you, I think it was two weeks, maybe one week. I want you to compile a list of 50 prospective guests, get their emails and start contacting them and get back to me and let me know what the results were. And for some reason, something within me clicked and I just felt energized, invigorated. It was kind of this aha moment for me. And being the kind of obsessive personality that I am, I didn't wait a week or two weeks. I got off the line with him and immediately compiled that list and collecting email addresses wherever I could get them. And I started firing off requests to different personalities. And lo and behold, what do you know? Many, in fact, most of them got back with an affirmative response, agreeing to come on, to schedule a time over the next couple of weeks to do an interview with me. And then, of course, I had to scramble. I had no idea what to actually do. I had to go out and buy some equipment. I had to go back to Rabbi Rupp and ask him how to record something, how to interview someone. You know, just the technical aspect. How to release a podcast. How to get on all the different indices. Apple and Google and Spotify and SoundCloud, Overcast, Stitcher, all the places where you can hear us today. And he helped walk me through it all. And thank God I'm forever indebted to him for that, for all of his inspiration and his help. And for that reason, I continue to thank him in our show notes for every episode. This was such a great lesson to me because this show has become such a central part of my life and inspired so many people, yet it almost didn't happen were it not for the gentle push of one individual. Now, obviously, this endeavor has changed me as well. I've met some of the most extraordinary people in the Jewish world, people who have helped me appreciate the boundless capacity of the human soul to achieve greatness, to create new organizations, institutions that can help so many people to change the world or just to function as private citizens doing heroic things in our own personal daily lives. And in addition to that, I'm so excited by the new roster of guests that are upcoming, some of whom I've already recorded, some who are in process, so many more to look forward to. It's really an inexhaustible list of incredible Jewish men and women. And I've been so energized by this, I've decided that with the mark of this 100th episode, I'd like to make myself available to share the wisdom that I've gleaned 
as a Jewish podcaster with live audiences as well. And so if you are part of a synagogue, a JCC, another community group, a special interest group within the Jewish world, would like to bring me in to explore some of the great themes that I've learned about on this topic or just some of the broader takeaways that I've had, sort of a tales of a Jewish podcaster, please reach out to me at jewsyoushouldknow at gmail.com or you can always leave feedback, suggestions, guest recommendations. Now you can also reach out about prospective speaking engagements that I would love to be able to accommodate moving forward. Moving on to describe what we're going to be doing today in our special 100th episode show. So I had an idea myself of what to do a couple of months ago, and I reached out to Sivan Rahav Meir, who is an amazing broadcaster herself, the subject of episode 35, also a great Torah teacher who has an audience of thousands around the world, not only with her live classes in Jerusalem, but with the broadcast of those lessons and the repackaging of so much of her material into various online forums. In any event, I shared the idea I had with her and she said that she had a different idea, which is that why don't I collect well wishes, congratulations, and updates from previous guests and put them together as sort of a survey show a retrospective of sorts representing a sampling and a cross-section of guests that we've had over the past couple of years on the previous 99 episodes. And so I went ahead, took her advice, and reached out to a number of guests that we've had and put those together, not too many, about 10 or so, who in several cases have made career changes in the time since we've spoken and some of whom simply wanted to wish us the best moving forward. In addition, a number of months ago, I was at an Olami leadership conference. If you recall, uh, I was involved in a leadership program, student leadership initiative called the Olami Accelerator, and the program was launched a while back at a Shabbat conclave in New Jersey, and it brought together many personalities, some of whom I interviewed, And some of those episodes have already aired. And one of the great personalities who came to that event after Shabbat on Saturday night was Danny Danan, who is a former Knesset member and now the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations. And I was able to get a very brief but very meaningful interview with him after he spoke to the larger group. To have this conversation, we were ushered into a private room with whatever equivalent of the Secret Service was there along with him, and I got just a seven-minute conversation with Ambassador Danone. And I thought, you know, this would be a great interview to import into this 100th episode. First of all, because the length didn't really justify its own full feature episode, but also because it really serves as a signature interview, whereby a proud and strong Jewish person making a major impact in our world today. And even if we ourselves are not at the General Assembly of the United Nations standing up for Israel, but each of us in our own small, and I put that in quotes, small way, can stand up for what we believe in, can make an impact on those around us, can feel proud of our heritage and our legacy, 
can learn more about it, can grow as people and as Jews. And there's so much to learn from this kind of a feature, which fits beautifully into our 100th episode. So once again, please feel free to reach out, jewsyoushouldknow at gmail.com for comments, feedback, and speaking requests. Thank you for sharing our podcast with so many of your friends and family around the world. We're listened to in many different countries and of course, states all around the United States. Audience continues to grow. It's a very diverse audience and I think one of those few gathering spots for Jews of all different backgrounds, interests, observance levels, education levels, and so forth. Please follow us on social media at Jews You Should Know, spelled out fully on Instagram and Facebook. Jews You Should Know with the letter U on Twitter. And again, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so, so much for making Jews You Should Know a part of your listening routine and for entrusting me with the most precious commodity of all, and that is your time. I hope that we can honor that investment for another hundred episodes, and God willing, well beyond. And with that, we present our conversation with Israeli Ambassador to the UN, Danny Danan. We are here with Ambassador Danny Danone, the Israeli Ambassador to the United Nation, an extremely challenging um, but incredibly important role. How are you, Ambassador? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll jump right in. Our time is short. We're here celebrating a weekend of student leadership and launching a movement of student leadership uh, here in New Jersey. And the question I want to ask you, as the Ambassador to the United Nations, not known as the most friendly environment, hospitable environment for the Jewish state and the Jewish people. How do you exercise leadership when you ultimately are standing alone? We are not alone. Even when I speak by myself in the General Assembly, I know that I have the support of the people of Israel, of Jews all around the world, and of non-Jews who support Israel. So I, I tell those young ambassadors who are participating in this beautiful conference here that they are not alone. When they will go back on campus, they will have the support, they will have the courage, and they will not be by themselves. Even though sometimes they will feel alone, but they are never alone. Do you ever feel alone in that case? No, because I know. I know that they do have the support. You know, I live in New York today with my family. But when I enter the UN, it's a completely different planet, right. different atmosphere. But I do know that I have the support, I have the backing. And when you look at the history of the Jewish people, we always had people who came after us. We were not nice to us. But we overcame, we prevailed. That's exactly what we are doing today. Uh, what do you think young people can do? You speak to young people all over to create that sense of security, to create that sense of strength, of confidence, to know that they're not alone. Because often people do feel isolated and so much of leadership involves rejection and failure and going against what's popular. How do people develop that strength that you seem to have so deeply ingrained? They have to be involved. Once you get involved, you read more, you learn more, you meet people who think like uh, you, it gives you the courage. If you are not involved, you become weaker. So I, I am very happy to see so many kids here that are involved, that they care about, and it gives me a lot of inspiration going back to the UN on Monday. Maybe you'll stand in the General Assembly thinking about the Olami Accelerator. Absolutely. Looking at those kids celebrating and dancing with the Israeli flag, it's exciting. Ambassador, 
who were some of the mentors that helped shape you and helped give you the tools to become the leader that you've become today? Well, my main mentor was uh, my father who passed away, but he was the one who actually pushed me into uh, public life. Was he a politician? Or? Not at all, not at all. He was not involved in politics, but uh, he was a real patriot, and uh, he was the one who was encouraging me and supporting me. Uh, and I read a lot. So the books were also my, my mentors. I read a lot about... Which uh, books? So Menachem Begin, Jabotinsky, uh, the Betar Youth Movement, which I Revisionists. Grew up in, Revisionists. <laughs> yeah. So that's give me the inspiration still today. Wow, and, and there's a certain strength in that strand of Zionism, that um, a defiant strength. You've been known to come in, Ambassador, and in the United Nations, and not to be apologetic, mm-hmm. to be strong and proactive and standing up for Israel's case in a way that we have nothing to hide. How did you decide to do that as opposed to maybe a more traditional path of just trying to constantly explain Israel's position instead of going out there and doing well, it? Well, that's my character. I, I believe in it. And uh, even when I was in the Knesset and the government, uh, I fought for my beliefs. And here I do it with, with passion, with conviction. And also we have results. And I shared with the great students the results we had at the UN. And I think they will have results in their campuses, because once you dare, you can win. Do you think that people respect that sense of strength and conviction? Absolutely. Even people who will vote against us, they will come to me and tell me, we, we appreciate your speech, we appreciate your, your strengths, uh, and we want to be involved. How do we convince people who are not strategically or disposed to our causes, whether as Jews or as supporters of Israel, how do we help them to understand where we're coming from and how do we change perspectives because leadership ultimately is about helping influence people to to think or behave differently. Are there any secrets to success in, in that regard? So we have to stick to the facts. Sometimes our enemies will lie and I see it a lot at the UN when the Palestinians will spread lies about the IDF, we'll stick to the truth. And I tell my colleagues that we will check those lies and then we'll prove them that it's, it's lies, it's bias. So once you, you respect the facts, people appreciate it. Well, so in other words, you believe that a just cause and a true cause will ultimately win out? Absolutely. And, and, and we look at the long run. It's, it's not a, a boxing match. It's a marathon. Every morning I wake up and I have to deal with more issues, with more resolutions. And, and I, I'm convicted that we will eventually win. Because so often people can get down and they see that the truth is so clear. And yet there's another lie and another lie and it continues and continues. A person can get demoralized. No, so I just came back with the, the ambassadors from Israel. And we visited the border with Lebanon. We flew with helicopters there. And I met the officers who are protecting our borders. And I look at my team at the UN. It's also a front line, a different one. So the same way our boys and girls are protecting our northern and southern borders, we are doing the same here in New York, protecting Israel from those lies and those resolutions. And it sounds like you've seen some changes and some, some movement over the last couple of years. Can you, in closing, briefly tell us about what some of the evolution and the transformation that you've experienced during your tenure? So we are not playing defense. We are taking the initiative, we present resolutions, we run for position at the UN, and we win. So when you have that approach that you are not afraid, and I had a great partner, I worked together with Ambassador Haley for the last two Amazing years. Amazing friend, yes. And both of us come from a political background, so both of us are not afraid to take You're decisions. You're not diplomats in that regard. <laughs> and we are not afraid to run for positions, 
and it proved to be the right way. So I encourage my colleagues all around the world to do the same. Ambassador, I have to tell you that just hearing you speak, it gets me excited. Mm-hmm. I want to you know, jump up in the General Assembly or on my college campus and, uh, and really make the case for Israel and for the Jewish people because it's that kind of energy and that kind of confidence and conviction that I think the world needs to see. And I'm so honored that you're in the position to be spreading that light to the United Nations and to the world. Thank you very much. It Thank was you, my Ambassador. pleasure. Thank you. And now we move into the latter portion of our show featuring a number of our guests over the last 99 episodes, getting some congratulatory remarks from them and some updates from them where relevant. We start with celebrity chef Jamie Geller. Jamie had a great story and was one of the real pioneers behind making kosher cooking mainstream. We featured her early on in episode 5, and here she is again with her wishes and her professional update. Hi, Rabbi Ari. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov on your 100th episode. This is Jamie Geller, just sending you a message to let you know you're a superstar rabbi podcaster. Quick little update. I will be on the Today Show for Hanukkah this year. Um, It's, I think, my 10th opportunity to cook Jewish food on national television, and I can't wait. Wishing you another 100 episodes. Charlie Harari. From episode 12 is a known entity on the Jewish speaking circuit, very inspirational person. Also, over the recent year and a half or so since we did our interview, he's become much more involved in Olami, which is the global umbrella organization with which Maor is affiliated. And I've gotten to know him a little better through that and will continue to do so. So I'm excited to start with brief words from Charlie Harari. Hey, Ari, it's Charlie Harari. I uh, hope all is well. I just wanted to wish you a huge mazel tov on your 100th podcast episode. Wow, what an incredible achievement. You're doing great stuff, and uh, we're all cheering for you, and 100 episodes is a big deal. So uh, congratulations, and may you continue to uh, do many, many more and inspire many more people in the unique way in which you do. One of the most incredible People we've had on the show is Ellie Beer, the founder of Hatsala in episode 21. Ellie founded Hatsala, and go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. I've been in touch with him somewhat since and thrilled to bring you a few words from Ellie. Congratulations on the 100th broadcast of Jews You Should Know. So uh, this is Ellie Beer, founder of United Hatsala. I am in Jerusalem right now, and I just got off the phone of a young man who his wife was in her ninth month pregnancy. He was looking at his wife and he saw something was wrong and all of a sudden in front of his, in front of his eyes, she collapsed. He uh, called for help. We had a volunteer. This happened in, next to uh, Ranana in Hoda Sharon. We had a volunteer around the block driving his ambulance on the way to work. Responded there within less than a minute. He was there in the building ran upstairs with his medical supplies and started performing CPR on a pregnant woman. Well, uh, three minutes later, he had other volunteers surrounding him and helping him. And um, after that, they revived her and brought her back to uh, a life. She uh, got to the hospital. They had to do a C-section. They took out a little baby uh, boy, and the baby boy was fine, no brain damage. Uh, two days later, she came back to herself and started breathing on her own, and now she is uh, back at home. This is the story of United Hatsala, 
just wanted to update you of what we're doing now, treating over 1,600 people with an average response of under three minutes nationwide and 90 seconds in main cities. Thanks for listening. Ellie Beer. Jay Feinberg, the founder of Gift of Life, has literally saved scores of other people's lives, including his own, through the organization Gift of Life that he founded. And we bring you his 100th episode wishes right now. Hi, Ari. This is Jay Feinberg from the Gift of Life Marrow Registry. Just wanted to reach out and wish you a hearty mazel tov on your 100th podcast episode. Congratulations and all the best. I must say, Sivan Rahav Meir is one of my broadcasting heroes. She's someone I've gotten to know, not just on the air, but off the air as well. And it was actually her inspiration to do this particular retrospective episode. I had a different idea. I had floated by her and she said, well, why don't you do a sampling of previous guests wishing you well and telling you a little bit about what they've been up to. And in Sivan's case and her husband, Yadidja, they actually are in a very interesting change in their lives right now that she'll tell you about in a moment. Sivan Rahav Meir was in episode 35. Shalom, it's Sivan Rahav Meir. Masal Tov, 100 episodes, Kola Kavod. Uh, this year, we're shlichim of the World Mizrahi Movement. Mizrahi Movement, part of the Sochnut, the Jewish agency, they said, the religious Zionist organization, they sent us to the state uh, as official shlichim to North America. Basically, I remember you interviewed me, Rabbi Koretsky, and we spoke so much about the Jews here and there, diaspora as well, and Israeli Jews, relationship, Judaism, journalism, new media, and maybe it began the process, you know, I just described then, back then, what I just started, you know, realizing about our millions of brothers and sisters here in the States, and here we are, really working daily in this part of the globe, the same mission, the same task, Baruch Hashem, so we're here, Baruch Hashem, me, my husband, Yedidia, with five kids in New York, five towns, so, um, Really, now it's an uh, interview from here, from the States, Mazaltov, and uh, continue, keep, keep up the good work. And uh, basically for us, it's a very, very inspiring year, meeting the other half of our Jewish family. Toda Ashley Blaker is that Jewish, British, somewhat irreverent comedian, bringing delight to audiences around the world, including his off-Broadway performance that was running around the time of our interview in episode 37. Here's some remarks from Ashley. Hello, Ashley Blaker here. Not from the UK, actually in New York at the moment. Uh, and I just wanted to wish Mazel Tov, congratulations, and all of that to uh, Ari for a hundred episodes of his amazing podcast, Jews You Should Know. I was one of those Jews you should know. Uh, and now look at how many people know me. I'm not entirely sure you need to know the other 99 Jews. Um, you need to know me. But uh, eh, the others you can take or leave. But uh, anyway, Mazel Tov, uh, uh, here's to the next 100. At some point, well, you're going to run out. There are not that many Jews you need to know. But uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Great stuff. Speak soon. One of the most moving interviews that I did was with Kalman Samuels, the founder of Shalva. Shalva is just this incredible edifice of kindness and goodness in the heart of Jerusalem, serving 
thousands of kids with special needs on a daily basis. The Shalva Band became internationally famous for its performances, and he's just a real pioneer in this field, and a Kiddush Hashem, someone who sanctifies God's name through so much of what he does. And I'm thrilled to bring back Kalman from episode 46. Hi, Ari. Kalman Samuels of Shalva here, congratulating you on your Milestone 100th podcast. You are changing the world, my friend. Shalva programs now encompass the entire cycle of life, from birth through adulthood. With inclusive living apartments and exciting, cutting-edge programs for children with autism, as well as a program entitled Rising in Rank that enables young adults with disabilities to serve in the IDF. Mazel Tovari. Menachem Bombak is a delightful person who has done a tremendous amount to bring educational reform to the ultra-Orthodox population in Israel, offering opportunities to thousands of students while allowing them to remain safely entrenched in their own communities, in their own sacred lifestyles. Menachem has become a real leader in the education space in Israel, and we bring you the star of episode 51 again today. Hi, this is Menachem Bombach from Jerusalem. I am the founder of Netzach Educational Network and serving Ad Master of the MCL Yeshiva. Mazal Tov on reaching 100 episodes on your podcast. It's wow. Over the last number of years, I have been working along with an incredible team to found and maintain our unique network. At Netzach we target and teach mainstream Haredi children. Our students receive a comprehensive Jewish and secular education. Our graduates go on to Yeshivot. Yet since they have received the full Bagrut matriculation, they have the opportunity to get a further education later on in their lives. We have now expanded our network to include elementary school as well as high schools, and we hope to spread our wings further in the future. Thank you. Noam Wasserman is one of those guests who, back in episode 66, was doing something a little bit different. He was running an entrepreneurship center out at USC in California. Since then, he's actually had a major career shift, still within the university or academic setting, but bringing his talents to the Jewish world in that regard. And here's Noam. Shalom, Rabbi Koretsky, and Mazel Tov, or Bishad Tova, on your upcoming milestone. This is Noam Wasserman. When we taped our episode, it was February 2019, and I was a chaired professor and the head of an entrepreneurship center in Los Angeles. A month later, I was named the dean of Yeshiva University's Sai Sim School of Business, and I started there in May. Bit of a different role in a very different location. It's been an intense and delightful six months of working with everyone at YU to develop our next generation of Jewish leaders and to hone the impact they'll be able to have in the home, in the community, and in the world. I look forward to watching you at a zero to your 100th episode and to listening to your 1,000th episode. Hatzlach Rachel Moore, in episode 67, doing some really innovative things in the Gush, in the land of Israel, bringing entrepreneurship to that area. And she has some wonderful updates to share. Again, episode 67's Rachel Moore. Congratulations, Rabbi Koretsky and Jews, you should know on reaching 100 episodes. You should go from strength to strength, and we should just continue to see wonderful things coming from all of your work. 
updates from Havetzion in the last few months. Um, we were very excited to welcome the, the governor of Florida, um, DeSantis, on an official visit to Havetzion with a joint press conference with the Internal Security Minister of Israel on standing up to BDS and cooperating between American businesses and Israel an important initiative for us. And since then, we have seen increased cooperation directly between Gush Etzion and Florida. And we hope to see much more progress from other states and other countries around the world in that direction as we continue to create opportunities for people here. and Mazal Tov. Mo Mernick from episode 78 is just a delight and a treasure for the Jewish people. And he's actually made a recent career shift as well since being on the program, a career move that greatly will benefit the Jewish people directly. Here's Mo. The 100th podcast episode. Oh my goodness. A huge mazel tov to Ari Koretsky, the team. That is incredible. What inspiration is being spread in the Jewish world. Kala Kavodami, blessed to continue doing many, 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 many more wonderful things in the future. This is Mo Mernick, super inspired by all that you do. Thank you very much for the privilege of sharing my story. It happens to be over the last few months. A lot has changed since we came on the show. I actually uh, merged the two lives that we discussed there, the business world, the spiritual world, actually just shifted into a role, a growth role, a technical role uh, in Partners in Torah now building a digital platform, hoping to impact hundreds of thousands of Jews through this new effort that we are up to. So business, marketing, etc. So I want to thank you also for the inspiration. All the people you've introduced me to over the podcast are able to do awesome things. And may you continue to be blessed to just continue to spread inspiration to so many people. Keep on rocking, Rabari. Thank you. And finally for today, one of our most popular episodes of all time. Certainly one of the most intriguing characters from episode 81, B.D. Deutsch, the marathon mother. Perhaps no better guest to bring today's episode home than someone who is all about the long haul and the tenacity that it takes, the persistence that it takes to do something for a long period of time, to keep at it, to realize that life and podcasting truly is a marathon, not a sprint. Episode 81, B.D. Deutsch. Mazel tov, Rabbi Koretsky, on reaching 100 episodes of your amazing podcast. Um, it was really a privilege to interview with you, and I just want to share that I have made progress on my journey towards the Olympics. I'm going to try and qualify via the ranking system, and I have wor- working with my coach, and we think it's definitely within reach. Um, my next upcoming marathon will be January 3rd in Tavaria, the Israel National Championship been just you know grinding away to get there and hopefully god willing it will go well and i'm really excited and that concludes our special program for today i hope that you enjoyed a little bit of the story behind this podcast some inspiring words from the israeli ambassador to the un danny danan and from a lovely cross section a sampling of our guests from the past 100 episodes of jews you should know I very much look forward to our next hundred and beyond. Some incredible guests, as I mentioned, already recorded. More in the works. A long list, thank God, to continue drawing from. And once again, please feel free to submit feedback, suggestions, guest recommendations, or to book speaking engagements. Jews you should know at gmail.com. Until next time on episode 101, this is Ari Koretsky. 
And thank you for listening to Jews You Should Know. This has been Ari Koretsky on Jews You Should Know. Please visit us at JewsYouShouldKnow.com and subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume podcasts. Find us on social media at Jews You Should Know. If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And you can do so by visiting Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jews You Should Know. Finally, If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and introduce many more people to Jews you should know.